You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 86 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the lovely and talented and photographically superior Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? Lovely. That's nice, Val. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) What's been happening in the world of, in your world of photography this week? In my world of photography, um, I've had a really cool week, uh, in, uh, science in, in like, yeah, science labs, Val, like where there's, uh, sort of, um, all the sorts of equipment that I never know or understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> photographing professors. Oh, um, in, that's um, interesting. What yeah, kind of professors? Like high-end research medical laboratories in right. Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. That's really different. cool. Yeah, yeah, that are doing like cutting-edge research. So they're like, you know, the rock stars of their field, I guess. Did you have to photograph like, you know, things under a microscope or anything like that? So we had uh, like a couple of hours spare in between uh, professors right. <laughs> and, and so I was uh, allowed to uh, wander around the lab and do some lifestyle shots for the client as well. Right. So sort of generic shots of microscopes and test tubes and uh, so this was, we were in the uh, Murdoch uh research institute there next to the children's hospital here in melbourne which is like one of the best facilities in the world it is it's world class it's just been um completely uh rebuilt and they had uh like there was this freezer there where they had like all these tubes full of uh god knows what it was but like i was like the guy was in there he had the uh the special gloves on pulling wow. this sort of it was all like sort of stuff that you see in sci-fi movies and, <laughs> And they kept saying, make sure you wash your hands. Oh, yeah. We weren't allowed to touch stuff in case we contaminated it. And, yeah, I kept thinking of all those sci-fi movies. It's like, what if I knock over a Petri dish and start a (laughs) – Ebola virus gets out in the world. Well, sorry. Yeah. Gets spread throughout Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and they they sort of said like you know what, wash your hands more importantly on the way out. And so Mm. now I've got like this tickle in my throat valve. Maybe I'll pick something up in you the might lab. Have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Maybe you've got SARS or something. I don't. <laughs> or avian flu. I don't. <laughs> what have you been doing? What have I been doing? I have been actually immersing myself today anyway in oh, I know that I've mentioned this before, but I am obsessed with the musical Hamilton. So I have been um Immersing myself in that, and it's right. been amazing. I just, you know, stand at in wonder at the feet of Lin Manuel Miranda, and am amazed by his brilliance. 
but you know, this a is a groupie obsessed. Yes, I'm obsessed. Fan letters? Have you done that? Or I like, have not done any fan letters yet. Are you going to? Mm, I'm not sure. I think I'm a bit bit beyond that. I think the last fan letter I wrote was many many years ago. Uh, so probably not. You but could Snapchat. I could, actually, that's a great idea. Because you get really good access. That's the thing about Snapchat. You yes. can Snapchat, send them a sna- someone, you know. I am going to write that down, Snapchat. All right. So, I mean, <laughs> but this is a podcast about photography and not about musical theatre. So that's just what I've been obsessed with. But I'm sure I will calm down by next episode. And, right. Um, and I and won't necessarily have to mention it. But if you're also obsessed with musical Hamilton, please do let us know <laughs> on social media so that I know I'm not the only one. It yeah. is, however, a cultural phenomenon. So I right. do imagine that uh, there are some listeners who share my passion. But Stop anyway, it. let's move on to this week's episode. Now, before we talk about this week's topic, mm. which is awesome, how to photograph fast-moving objects, and I really like this topic, not because, I mean, I don't photograph, for example, you know, cars or racehorses or runners, you know, the Olympics are on. I don't care and I don't want to photograph such things. But fast-moving objects is also defined by other things. Mm. And you've given me some examples that could be waves, they could be water droplets, it could be rain, it could be something smashing, it could be a whole range of other things that aren't necessarily your traditional fast-moving object. But we will get to that because first, we've got a couple of shout-outs, don't we? Yes. First is Brian Becknell. Now, Brian has taken a shot, and we will put the image in the show notes, which, of course, you can find at ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And it's this fantastic Mm. shot, sort of like at dusk, I think, and it's of Orlando, downtown Orlando, Florida. Now, this has an awesome story behind it, yeah. and I just, I'll just i just use Brian's words to tell the story because um, it's, it says it all. Brian has said, sharing a bit of wonderful news I received over the weekend, a local editor of a major tourism publishing company based in LA found my image on Flickr. Now, I mean, that's awesome. Oh, By the way, Brian is, a, is, a, uh, is in our podcast community. He's a listener. So this is great news to hear what all of our listeners are doing. Now, Brian continues, the editorial board reviewed several images and voted on mine as representative image for downtown Orlando. The local editor shared my Facebook photography page with the director of photography, showing him the image is my cover image. The director of photography reached out to offer a licensing agreement to use the image as the inside coverage image of the publication that will be placed in 23,000 hotel rooms throughout Orlando. I captured the image at the citywide candlelight vigil following the Pulse attack. This vigil was attended by 50,000 people from all walks of life, gender, religion, orientation, age, etc. So much good can come from so much pain. I can't wait to get my hard copy of the tourist publication. Lesson confirmed. Use hashtags or tags on Flickr so your work can be discovered. Congratulations, Fantastic. And it really is a beautiful image and the vibe and the sentiment and everything – Congratulations. And, oh, my God, how exciting. 23,000 hotel rooms throughout Orlando are going to have your name under that photo. That's 
fairly extensive a, coverage, isn't it? It's a brilliant cityscape where mm. it's uh, being shot from across the river and it's then there's the cityscape in the top half of the frame. But as I said, it is sort of like dusk and the, the there are reflections of the city building lights into the water in the river. So it's it's quite a stunning image. And it's captured the mood. It's what it feels like. That's the most important thing for an image. And yes. like, see what happens. People notice. People notice. Now, we also have a shout out to Ronald Fritz, who is very happy because he one of his photos was the winner in the Image Doctor section of the Australian Photography Magazine. And it was published in this month's issue. So that's fantastic. Isn't it an amazing uh, image? I think it's uh, at, taken at the Victoria Markets. So there's lots of smoke and uh, there's people cooking there and he's got the shafts of light coming through yes, and uh, it's just an incredible line. image. I remember when he first shared it uh, in the podcast uh, group there, Val, uh, yes. l- like last year and I remember thinking how epic the image was. So that's so – like lots of good news in the group, uh, lots of legends this For week, sure. Valerie. It's really, really cool. And I don't have the image because I forgot to get it but um, – uh, also, you may remember that a few weeks ago, uh, one of our podcast listeners, Michael Go, his image was um, one of the one of the pictures featured in the Australian mm. Weekend magazine. It is this awesome image of. Um, the, of, of the outback at night and the stars at night in Western Australia. Well, last week the image was by Peter Solness and it was a wonderful image set, I think it was down the south coast of uh, Australia and um, it uh, it was a gorgeous image as well. And I mentioned Peter Solness and a shout out to Peter Solness because Peter Solness actually did um, my course at the Australian Writers' Centre. Oh, on, wow. Yeah, on magazine and newspaper writing. He was a photographer at the time, but he did the course. And as a result of learning how to put the words with his images, as a result of learning how to write magazine articles, he then you know left Sydney, went and into the outback and uh, <clears throat> for some years wrote many, many stories and provided the pictures, so provided the words wow. and pictures for Outback Magazine which is um, a very respected magazine in Australia. So sometimes if you can combine your words and pictures, it can be worthwhile. How cool. Yeah, very cool. So um, well done, Peter Saunders. He's since had exhibitions and and stuff like that as well. But we also have this shout-out. I love this. (laughs) I knew you would, Val. (laughs) Oh, my God. To Frank Romano. You must see this photo. Go to ginamilitia.com in the show notes. And Frank has this wonderful, wonderful photo of three, I think they're um, chihuahuas. <laughs> Pomeranian they, chihuahuas, aren't they? They cross, I think. Um, yeah, they could be Pomeranian chihuahuas um, and long-haired Pomeranian chihuahua-type dogs. And he said these are the three amigos, Brian, Jeffrey and Frankie, <laughs> interesting names, doing some doggy modelling for me. And I love it. They are adorable. They're, they're these tiny little dogs on sort of a leather chair and they're all just looking dead straight to the camera yeah. and they're all three in a row and they look like, you know, um, three very serious dogs, but they're these tiny, cute, adorable things. I love this shot so much. Lit with a soft box and then a, a speed light into the ceiling. So Frank's been practising his uh, off-camera flash and uh, these guys are his uh, faithful models every yeah. time he does a shoot. So, so uh, fantastic. 
impressive stuff, Frank. Frank, well done. you need to do a calendar just of these dogs because they are so adorable and I love the expressions on their faces and, yeah, you've captured the catch lights in their eyes and they're just so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so do check it out. They're, they're, they're adorable. All right, so we also have um, a link you want to share with us. Yeah. Amazing article uh, for Digital Photography School uh, by Ivo Gumerez and 10 photography accessories you can buy at the supermarket. So I'll put the link in the show notes. But he talks about using uh, cu- cupcake uh, uh, nozzles to um, as light modifiers so you can like, make that. different little shapes. Uh, shower caps, couple of things you can do with them, like you get them free in your hotel room. So whenever you stay, you can buy them for nothing at the supermarket. Yeah. Put them over your flashes as diffusers, fantastic, or use them as a rain cover because they've already got the elastic to put over your camera so you protect your camera oh, when it's raining. Yeah. Well, not very sexy when no. you're outside, but does the job. Yeah. The the one I really loved was those. Uh, you can get these uh, little LED straps that you they're battery operated with AAA batteries. And if you ever want to put some um, create some bokeh in the background of a shot, you just uh, wrap these around a tree or just put them oh, in the background. Clever. What a cool idea! And you can make Amazing. your uh, yeah yeah. And he talks about using multi-purpose uh, openers uh, as clamps for things. So you can hold um, hold things in place, glow sticks, shower curtains, uh, lots of um, lots of great accessories there uh, to uh, use. Like a very good MacGyver. Yeah, very article, good. I and, thought, and we'll put the link in the show notes, of course. But now let's move on to this week's topic: how to photograph fast moving objects. Now yep. we started talking about this before and the fact that we've got to get out of the mindset that fast moving objects aren't just things that are running or horse races or um, fast cars or bicycles or whatever. They could be things that are even in your kitchen. They could be um, a strawberry dropping into a glass of champagne perhaps because it's a fast moving object, right? Yep. <laughs> and yes. um it's probably even more fast moving. Fast at your place, moving. Belle. Sorry? <laughs> it goes fast at your place. Yeah, the especially champagne. the champagne down <laughs> our, you know, yeah. throats. Um, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, so we need to stop thinking that it's just action stuff. It can also be just stuff Still where up. you want to freeze um, objects that are usually moving, correct? Yep. Yeah. And what's great about this is, like, we've come to the point where, everything's been photographed, Val. Like we've seen the Eiffel Tower how many millions of different times. Like, you know, static objects, it's great to be able to find new and great things to photograph mm. in a way that people haven't seen them before. So that, like there's some great photography where uh, people show uh, maybe the point of impact as a balloon explodes with, with its full of water or like right. a hummingbird, a hummingbird, mm. and that, that those those wings fly so quickly, um, you know, frozen in time or, you know, people leaping through the air, this, like water droplets, all that sort of stuff, you, you can show a, a different perspective or a new way of seeing things and it can make uh, photography really uh, exciting. When, when or you where you, things. you know, when you make your coffee mm. and you do, do a little plop in the middle, your last yes. final plop, and yes. you want to capture that little plop coming up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. 
So there's lots of things and there's lots of uh, new technology around that can really uh, help us uh, create that. But first, let's uh, let's sort of break down um, how you do uh, freeze fast moving objects and, and a couple of the, the theories behind yep. using shutter speed versus flash yep. uh, and those sorts of things. So, um, all right, so we've covered like what, why you'd want to photograph fast-moving objects and and the kind of art that we can get out of them. Let's let's talk about shutter speed. So, um, shutter speed is uh, what controls movement on a camera. All right. So, if you want to freeze a fast-moving object, you need to have a fast shutter speed. The faster the object moves, the faster the shutter speed sure. need. But there's also a couple of other things that you need to consider. So, um, and that's where the object is in the frame in relation to where the camera is, is also going to have an effect on how fast or slow the shutter speed needs to be. So just imagine, Val, you're um, at a racetrack, all right? Yeah. So you're at the, at the at the Grand Prix, you're in the middle of the, or on the side of the track, and you want to get the cars as they're going around. So if you're on the straight, yeah. okay, yeah. and the cars and you've got your – that's where your uh, media pass allows you to, <laughs> to be sitting there in the yes. scrum with all the other photographers. Okay. With their, You've got your big 500mm lens out there, Val, on all another right. tripod, all right? So you're there holding your own, yes. your little chair, um, <laughs> and you want to get the cars as they whiz straight past you, oh, yes, they're okay. moving directly across the frame, yes, that's where that is the, the shutter speed needs to be at its highest. You're going to get the most movement going through there. So um, you, you will need to use your maximum shutter speed to get that to freeze that action. So you'd want to be at like, that's when you'd want like the high-end SLR camera that shoots at one eight thousandth of a second. To get that, or even faster, yep. right? Yep. Because it, it's very difficult to stop that sort of action, yes. especially when they're going really fast. Okay. But science, fell mm -hmm. <laughs> has a has an influence. So if the car is coming around the straight, around the corner, mm -hmm. and like it's on a forty-five degree angle, suddenly uh, you don't need as fast a shutter speed to slow that down. It's not like you need to go, you can go to a 15th of a second or anything like that. Mm. But the, 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 the subject's going at the same speed, mm. but the shutter speed you need to freeze that is, is like half as fast for some right. reason because of laws of, uh, that I don't understand. <laughs> but because it's going around the corner, mm. it's a lot easier to catch that. So something worth bearing in mind that if you're wanting to be photographing action or sport and you've got people running or like horses going around a track or things like that and you want to be uh, sure that you freeze the motion, get them on a 45-degree angle. Get them coming around the corner rather than going straight across the lens. You're going to have a better chance at getting a sharp shot. Right. Okay. And if you want to guarantee that you get the shot – have them heading straight towards the camera. And so, like, if you were on the straight and you stood on the finishing line, mm -hmm. 
and pointed your camera at the car, Val, and had it coming toward. Yeah, you could. But as long as you kept the focus tracked on the car, so using continuous focus, which is what we talked about. You'll get the shot, but then you'll die. Last week. Yeah, but but like as long as you – so you're shooting with continuous focus. Yes. You've got your tracking point on the part of the car that you want sharp, and as it's driving towards you, uh, you, you continue to track the car. You will get that 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 shot in focus, and you don't need to have the sort of higher uh, sorts of shutter speeds to All get right, that so because it's coming towards you. Let me just clarify: when we're saying about shooting straight on, it's as if we're standing literally facing the 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 track at the um, finishing and, line. And, and, and no, no, sorry, when. Just, I'm backtracking a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah. When we're shooting with our camera straight onto the track and the car goes past and into our frame, that's shooting yep. straight on. Right. But what we're suggesting it to make it, well, slightly easier, is to actually shift our body 45 degrees in either direction, probably in the direction that the car is coming from, and... And shooting it that way, where the car is still fully in the frame, but is not going as seemingly fast for the camera. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's going across the frame, or you wait till you get it till it when it, when it's uh, you put yourself on the uh, the curve of the track, yeah. so you get it at forty five degrees, and that'll help you. If it's horse races as they're coming around the you know the edge, or yeah. you try and get them as they're coming directly for you, yeah, okay. heading straight for you. Got it. Well, All right. Yeah, each of those have uh, obviously will capture different angles of the car, though. So obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's uh, and uh, and so freezing all sorts of action uh, like that uh, with shutter speed. So when you're shooting uh, any sort of sport at all, you want to have your shutter speed uh, set uh, fairly high, up around a thousandth of a second and higher and you're constantly be but going to be uh sort of trading off between um shooting uh higher shutter speed and but you'll if you're indoors you're going to need a higher iso to have that and uh, you're constantly trading off against the two but i think when it comes to shooting sport and freezing action i would rather have an image that is noisy and sharp Yes. Rather than one that has less noise but it's soft, because when you, it's when it's sport, you really want to freeze that action. You want to, you know, capture that moment where the guy is, uh, you know, going Mid-air. over the high jump yeah. on his back. That fr- frisbee, what's it called when they go up over the high jump backwards? The pole vault. No, that's not pole vault. Remember Tatiana? Remember that pole vaulter from Australia? Yeah, that, yes. Yeah, so it's just like reminded me of that. No, not pole vaulting. <laughs> okay. It's what? when they yeah. run and then they go backwards and they flip over the high jump. High jump. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we know so much about <laughs> sports, Gina. So good. Maybe we should but you just want not try to. And about also it. when you see gymnastics, you know, when they're like dismounting from the vault or they're uh, midair and they do the flip from the rings and they're still in the air. Those moments are so powerful because you're freezing the action. But yes. to do that, you need 
a very, very fast shutter speed. And I actually just saw an image of uh, Canon, I think, posted uh, to their social media of all the cameras and lenses that their photographers will be taking to the Olympics. Oh, my God. Gear envy. Did you? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you get a bit excited there, Tina? I did. I did. It was like, yeah, um, cue saxophone music was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) a really good shot anyway so um let's move on yeah so um let's talk about flash so we've got we've nailed it if you want if you want to freeze something yes go with a high shutter speed pick a higher iso have more grain in the shot but get the you know Get, get the shot sharp. sharp rather than having the soft one, soft shot. So um, let's talk about flash now, Val. So yeah. um, now when it comes to flash, flash will freeze action. And yes. so um, some people get a little bit confused when you're using flash with shutter speed, thinking that it's the higher shutter speed that they're using that's freezing the action. But if you've got something explosive happening like um, uh, a glass smashing in front of the camera or a balloon exploding or something like that, something high-powered, very fast that happens, mm. it's uh, the shutter speed uh, is not going to be enough to freeze that action. It's the flash that freezes the action. But I'm not entirely right? sure if I follow you because if you are doing the high jump, there's no flash. Okay, so when we're shooting sport and yeah. uh, outside and those sorts of events, unless you can, uh, you're you're a big time photographer and you can wire up the whole stadium like they do. Uh, actually do that for some basketball stadiums. Uh, there's flashes in the ceiling and, and the photographers are actually wired into that system and they can shoot with flash mm-hmm. when they're photographing those guys. Most sport, it, it, you're left to shooting high ISO and uh, high shutter speed, right? So yep. outside. But when it comes to doing uh, high-speed uh, events where you can use flash in a studio or even on location, um, there are ways that we can uh, use the flash to actually freeze the motion. So if you're indoors or in a studio and someone's taking a leap, that's yep. an example. You can use flash. Or and or if you're wanting to photograph athletes and things like that and you have like a one-on-one session, you can actually use flash to really freeze that motion and but, you can really capture But what if I want to do the moments. plop on my coffee? You can do that, Valerie. You can take your pop coffee outside. We'll probably use a different word other than plop because it's got like sort of <laughs> really <laughs> doesn't sound all that appealing. So the dollop, dollop. <laughs> all right, dollop, all right. right? You can Says say dollop. I'm going to say plop. The word chick <laughs> uses plop. That's okay. You can say dollop. I'm going to say plop. So, but what happens? Are you saying that I need to use flash with my plop coffee? Well, you could, Val, or you could uh, take your coffee outside onto the um, deck where you've got the beautiful morning light. You could backlight it, have a bit of fill mm-hmm. coming forward, but train your um, lens onto the, the top of the coffee and then you just need to time it so that you do get that little that little drop and then you want to be shooting uh, – uh, very, very fast. So right. You know, so I don't necessarily I, need flash. You don't need flash. Yeah. No, okay. You don't need like a fast shutter speed 
we'll we'll capture that. Okay. All right. So but, we're just talking about the instances where flash would be useful. Yeah, but but you can make the shot a whole lot sexier. Like you can go to the beach fell and uh, have uh, photograph waves crashing against the rocks yeah. at one eight thousandth of a second, right? Yeah. And you're going to get like a beautiful, amazing image. You'll get every little drop and it'll look fantastic, right? Yeah. You can also uh, do that with flash and create some uh, some really sexy shots. Uh, like I understand. It's just a different effect. A different effect. Okay, got it. All right. So, um, but I want to talk about um, something that people get a little bit confused about and uh, and that's uh, the, like, flash duration mm. like the, the the time that the flash actually the burst of flash mm. versus the power of flash and there is a big difference yeah okay All right? so um certain flashes particularly speed lights which are smaller so they're the 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 small portable lights that you put on top of the camera and we mm. can also use those uh off camera as well yep. they're uh small and they recharge quickly and they actually emit a uh, a faster flash duration than the studio lights do and it's the right, it's yes. the the speed of the flash mm-hmm. that's what freezes the object yes. so when you're doing high power like fast, high-speed uh, stuff, you're better off using a speed light that will, that, that will have a, a faster flash duration to freeze that motion right. because using studio flashes that are slow because they've got these capacitors in them that the flash goes off and then they recharge and mm. the, the, the flash power and duration is much slower mm-hmm. – you're not going to get as uh, like you're not going to be able to freeze the motion like you will with using a speed light. Right. Okay. Um, and so it's so better to have a shorter the, the, for the flash to be a, on for a shorter length of time. You need the flash to be uh, that the power to come out for a, a shorter length of time. That's going to that's going to give you the the power that you need. So. Um, when you've got a, a like a studio flash has more power, so you've got like a, a speed light will be like most speed lights are like eighty watt seconds, whereas a studio flash is going to be somewhere between um, two fifty to three thousand watt seconds, right? Mm-hmm. But the speed light has the faster flash speed, and here's where it gets interesting: mm-hmm. the lower the power setting on mm-hmm. the speed light, mm-hmm. the faster the flash duration. Oh. So okay. when you turn the speed light power right down to 1128, yep. the speed light duration um, is much faster. So you can get a speed of 138,500th of a second, yep. the speed light at 1128 power, yep. compared to one eight. Eight hundredth of a second yeah. with a speed light at full power. Okay, that makes sense because the less power you have, the less yes. time it's going to be on. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that yes. makes sense. So, so it comes out and it'll freeze, and that's how you get those spectacular images where you've got like a bullet 
mm. going through uh, a balloon and you just see mm. that moment of impact where the bullet is going through the balloon or Although like I don't you know, have access a, to a bullet a, a pin a pin popping a um uh, a balloon and yeah. you know that moment of impact or a glass exploding you know yeah. those high speed fantastic moments are amazing stuff so um or so you can do that. So that, that they will give you a speed light is probably the only way you can get that high speed uh, flash right. uh, to, to, to freeze that kind of motion. You can't do it with studio lights. It's not fast enough. Right. So but if there you are do... some that you can get, but they're very expensive. So if you do want to shoot like a bullet going through a balloon or, well, not that any of us really would have access to to bullets, but... Um, a balloon exploding or, bu- you know, flower or, you know... Um, then a, we would need a speed light with a, at low power. Low power in a yeah. dark room. Got it. And that's how you shoot it. So oh, In a dark um, room. Yeah, but we'll, go, okay. we'll get into that, Val. So you've, okay. you've also got, um, there are... Uh, studio and battery operated flashes that also uh, do this, but you probably got to drop about ten thousand dollars to pick one up. Like Profoto uh, B4 right. uh, does that. I'll put a link into the show notes just in case someone wants to do a bit of late night shopping. <laughs> and if you do happen to buy one, just call me Send and I'll come around and uh, I'm happy to uh, have a play with it as well because that would be awesome because yeah. that uh, that'll have that has a flash duration of one twenty five thousandth of a second so wow. that'll freeze everything so you can go outside with this beautiful light and set up your model and dump a bucket of water on their head and the flash will capture the moment that the water has just touched their head and it's splashing all over and it looks like sheets of glass and every photo could be spectacular. So suddenly you're photographing stuff that we don't normally see. We never see. You don't see this stuff with the naked eye and that's why it's so exciting. So like you can can do this uh, with that sort of – before the pro photo uh, type of flash, or you can set yourself up with uh, your speed lights and uh, have a go at uh, at doing it with the with the speed lights. It's just so amazing. I I know the effect that you mean. I've um you I've seen a photo where you you mentioned um you're pouring water over someone's head and it's yeah. um it's particularly effective if there's a black background and yep. you have your speed light going off is what you're saying as the water yep. is pouring so it yep. almost looks like because and and because the camera is capturing it's literally freezing a moment in time it actually yes. captures it where the water looks like it's a it's a like a jellyfish Yes, uh, or anything. On it's like head. they they take on a life of their own. Mm. Like you know, especially Amazing. water. No two water drops are ever going to be the same. So yeah. like you can even just um, and actually someone in the uh, gold community during the week shared their water drop shots mm. with 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 us, and they're beautiful. They just take on a life of their own. Nothing's the same, and they just they they're stunning. 
And, I'm loving uh, some of the photos in the Gog community. Um, just brilliant, not just water droplets, but the portraits. Yeah, the fashion. Absolutely brilliant. I know, I know. And it's inspiring. It, and if you have, if you haven't checked out Gina's Gold Community yet, go to ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community so you can find out what it's about. But it's this awesome, dynamic community with hundreds of people in it from all over the world. I love that as well, that everyone's from all over the world and we're all chatting and they're all just from, you know, so many different walks of life, but all offering um, great insight, experiences, sharing their ideas. And, of course, if you join the Gold Community, that's where you get direct access to Gina uh, through through the Gold Community. So check it out at ginamilitia.com. But please go on, Gina. All right, so let's give some, some tips to, to capturing these high speeds. So this is the kind of stuff that if you've got like a laundry or a spare room or your lounge room or like anywhere that you've got a little bit of space, you can set up a, like a little desktop setup and maybe have a crack at photographing some water droplets or maybe uh, like a, a strawberries plopping into champagne, <laughs> Valerie, or that little dollop that happens in the in the coffee, coffee. cup. Very, very easy to do. It's not time, you know, you don't need a massive studio or any no. special lights. You can use, do it with one speed light um, is, is all you need. couple will make it a bit sexier. But here's, here's a few tips. It's, it's crucial that you have a totally dark room because the ambient light is going to uh, affect uh, the the overall light uh, in in the shot. Totally and, uh, dark. Light course blue. Yeah, you want totally dark. So um, it doesn't matter uh, what the shutter speed is uh, because it's the flash, not the shutter speed, that freezes the action. All right. So if there's uh, there's any light uh, at sort of ambient in the room, it's going to affect uh, the exposure because you want to be shooting and it might give you a, 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 a bit of a sort of motion blur in the shot. So the so other it doesn't thing matter that, what aperture that you're shooting at then? Well, you want to be at a higher aperture, Val. You want to be shooting at about uh, eight uh, mm-hmm. Sort of around eight, so you get the you get uh, the the depth because most of the stuff is done uh, using a macro lens because it's it, it's up tight, it's up close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know around five, six, eight, and uh, you'd obviously pre-focus the camera and make sure that uh, when you're doing these, uh, like you know maybe doing rep- repeated shots where you might be uh, bursting a balloon or something like that, that you keep setting it up and it's uh, it's it's in the the same spot mm-hmm. all right so basically um what you need uh is a uh you've got your camera mm-hmm. and then um you want to uh set you have your 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 speed lights are going to be set to manual and obviously you want to have them like that de- powered right down to, mm-hmm. to get that that ma- maximum input in flash duration at like that that well ma- the lowest flash burst. duration so lowest it's lowest setting like you know short burst but mm-hmm. that's what freezes the action mm-hmm. and then um, you want to have um, like the dark room and then uh, a light stand that you can um, have your 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 flash set up to and then um, you might want to use a modifier so maybe keep it simple and use something like a soft an umbrella which will just sort of give you a soft light uh, even light and then as you get the hang of it you can sort of um, 
make your uh, modifier a bit more sophisticated. Mm. And uh, and then, you know, you'd have a little torch set up so you can see what you're doing. Um, you'd, you'd set your camera to manual and your shutter speed, you want to set it to bulb so that the bulb setting keeps your shutter open, Val. All right, so you've got an aperture of F8 or above. And what you do is you start with an ISO of 200 and you need to increase it if, you're, if your light's not going to be enough. Yep. Manual focus uh, on, the, on the point that you need. And so because there's no point having your camera set to autofocus because it's going to sit there going, looking for the thing. All right. And then you start at the at the lowest flash setting and then it's just a matter of getting the exact moment, the timing to get the moment of impact. All right. When the balloon pops or something happens. Now, that moment of impact is going to be a lot easier if you just say got uh, water droplets that you just uh, drop, 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 drop. You can probably time and anticipate when to take the shot, right? Um, but if you've got something like a, uh, a water, uh, something exploding, um, how are you going to get that? It's very difficult to do. But luckily, there's some, some amazing technology. There are actually uh, sound-activated uh, flash triggers. Oh. So the moment the balloon bursts, mm. that fires the flash. Right. So you get the moment of impact, psh, it takes the photo. I wonder if it trigger. needs to be a loud sound because if you're just doing plop in a coffee – no, it like you can set it right, but here's where it gets really cool. Mm-hmm. You might want to so so you get the plop. So the moment it's like plop, it hits the water. Yes, there might be like a split second later where the splash actually comes up. Yes, right. So you can actually move the uh, trigger further away from the coffee cup so sound takes a little bit of time to travel to the trigger mm. so by the time the trigger tells the uh the camera to fire mm. you you might have got the little the little splash coming up yes. rather than just the moment of impact so you can you can play around with uh with oh. the, the the distance to actually uh change the uh the look of the shot yeah right oh my so, goodness now, I got so into this, Val, while I was yes. researching that I've bought a sound trigger. Are you serious? I'm serious. What are you going to do? a sound trigger. Will you well, do it hasn't pops? come yet. I said, yes. I'm mm. going to go and shoot all this uh, sort of stuff when, as soon as I get all my, uh, all my equipment. So, but here's what um, I'm trying to understand. A coffee plop does not make anywhere near as much noise as a balloon exploding. Well, it'll be some noise. So you've got to be really quiet. So you could, I don't know, the plop, maybe you could set it to uh, motion because these triggers also work. You can have them where they detect motion. So you can have a laser beam trained across the coffee cup, right? Seriously. And when that drop goes through through the laser beam, hits it, that'll fire the flash. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I can't wait till you get yours. Yeah. 
<laughs> so basically you uh, so you check your focus mm. all right and then once your camera is focused you're um, you press the shutter so the uh, the trigger will go off and the, uh, the balloon makes a loud noise and mm. the flash fires and then the shutter opens so remember it's on bulb okay and so like you you, you wait uh, a couple of seconds, and then uh, you close the shutter again. Now, obviously, you're in a black room, mm. so uh, it like the ambient uh, light isn't going to affect it. And so, hopefully, the shutter stayed open long enough to to capture that moment of like action. The flash is fired, and you capture this amazing shot. So, this is specifically for this type of shot. Obviously, this doesn't apply to you know capturing fast moving race cars or anything. It's no, you when can't you're do that a, for outside. It's, yeah, it's when you're in a confined space on the inside where it's totally, actually, one hundred percent dark. Yeah. And in case there are some newbies who I'm not sure what Jean is talking about when your camera's on bulb, it's basically where when the camera is triggered, it actually stays open. Correct. Yes. I mean, yes. the shutter the, the, stays. The shutter open stays open for a much longer period of time than your camera would normally do, and the camera, when it stays open, is actually capturing complete darkness, except yes. for when the flash goes off, and it captures that one millisecond when the flash yep. is 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 getting that moment of impact or the plopping of the strawberry in the champagne or whatever, and then the flash will go off. And then the camera shutter will will close. So yep. essentially, um, even when it's open, the, the rest of the time it's just capturing darkness because you're meant yep. to have that 100% black and that's why you're saying that no ambient light yeah. can, do it in a dark room. can be possible. So probably do it at night, I guess. Yes, yes, it do and it at night. Where you've got some maybe some blackout curtains because like, if mm. you've got street lights. But so I did, I, I purchased a, uh, a trigger. And it basically operates off your iPhone, Val. Wow. So you rig up your iPhone and it, 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 it's uh, sound and movement detection. So the reason I got I bought it was like the, I want to do shots where I've got someone who is running towards me mm. or on a skateboard or on a bike and at a particular point I want the flash to go off and they're lit so that I've got action shots but they're lit. And there's no way I've tried to do this where I count. Okay, so start running. When I count to three, I know that you've, you're level with my flash. I take the shot, mm. which is how I do it now. Not as accurate as this will be where I uh, like there will be some kind of um, laser trigger or something that mm. as when the person rides through or runs through this point, the flash will trigger. Yes. How exciting. Fantastic because the thing is – I guess what you're trying to say is that it's – I know for me I'm not coordinated, right? And even if I was yep. bouncing on a trampoline or if I was doing it, I'm not coordinated. So for me to actually attempt to press the the button of the camera at the exact right point is basically impossible. And that's why this technique is so good because you can just press it, leave it on bulb, and it just captures it when the – you, the person runs through the the the, the laser or or the yeah. the noise trigger goes off. Yeah, I see. Um, that's well, awesome. So that that'd be outside Val. So there wouldn't be in complete darkness. This would be okay. I'd be using the motion detector to fire the flash. So that'd be like using fill flash to, to take the shot. 
What triggers the camera then? Uh, it'll be a motion, so there'll be like a laser that'll be set, and when so it, it the triggers person the runs through the and, laser, yeah, 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 the flash, the fi- yes. yeah, fires the camera yes, and yes. the flash, yeah, to, at that particular time. Yeah, brilliant. So in Isn't that case, amazing? yeah, in that case, it would actually trigger both the camera and the light, but in the other case, you're just leaving the shutter open and and you're and, in the yeah. dark to capture those uh, high wow. speed moments, like the exploding balloons and things this like is that. Great. So. So actually, uh, do encourage. I, I'm hoping that uh, some of the listeners have pro- possibly already had a play around with this, or at least, at the very least, uh, had a play with doing uh, the water droplets. Probably a bit sexier than the the plop at the top of a coffee cup, Val. And maybe I don't know. Maybe have a go, Val. This yeah, week. awesome. High so, speed, uh, shutter speed, just uh, without flash, just outside. Yes, uh, if you don't have a speed light, one, give one it a thousandth go. of a second. Go out when you're next walking the dog. Throw mm. the ball, and uh, you know, and then call him back to you. And as he's running towards you, you get to practice two things. You get to practice uh, tracking on continuous focus, mm. and you get to practice. Uh, getting uh freezing the action as as mm. as the dog's running back to you if you don't have a dog uh throw the ball to one of your kids <laughs> get them to run back to you or um you know go, go somewhere where bike riders go around and around like skate skateboarders and uh have a have a crack at uh at freezing the action although you've got to be careful around uh parks where there's children with cameras yes, all right so so, go, so sur- maybe on a freeway surf- where there's uh cars going past Val, and mm. see what it is what shutter speed you need at like when they're going straight past you at mm. like 60 k's an hour to freeze that motion and uh you know if you ever and get a chance people dancing and things like that and try the well. 45 degree trick as yes well, as yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're near a highway um it's, yeah so what do you sorry go on oh it just it's a, just such a good skill and this is something i would add to the five minute practice in your lunch hour or in the morning when you start like knowing what shutter speed being really like just knowing it off by heart like you will be asked to do something and you're not going to get flustered because you know oh no hang on i got this they're moving i need to be at one eight hundredth or a thousandth of a set and you've already you're completely under control and you won't be flustered when you have to do it for a job or like you know there's a family function and and it's all on you to to freeze this motion Awesome. So what do you think hashtag Gina challenge should be this week? Oh, and there's now- only one hashtag for this week. It's speed, Val. Speed. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So you can interpret that however you like. Every week we have a hashtag Gina challenge and then upload our photos and we put hashtag Gina challenge and hashtag speed or whatever topic it is. Now, like I said, you can interpret that however you like, whether you want to do fast cars, where you want to do coffee plops, whether you want to do your dog <laughs> running to you or something completely different we'd love to see your shots and it's uh, it's great when we see everyone's shots and everyone's commenting on each other's shots um, you can also check out our facebook group which is free to join it's just search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community on facebook uh, but also if you're interested in something a bit more we go we um check out the uh, gold community at GinaMilitia.com because you'll also get regular tutorials from Gina as well. And um, they're always great fun. And I'm, I'm always learning from those tutorials myself. So, yeah, 
And just hashtag one more thing, Belle. Sorry. Speed. Um, in the show notes, I've also added a uh, do-it-yourself uh, high-speed <laughs> flash trigger, where this guy has made one using a Fisher Price, <laughs> um, like old tape recorder, like a children's tape recorder that he's right. MacGyvered into with a. Uh, a computer microphone and an old Vivitar flash that he's uh, like soldered uh, a, like a, a an eight one eighth jack to it and and uh, made a, uh, a a sound uh, flash trigger oh and he managed goodness. to capture a balloon exploding. He's got a lot of time on <laughs> I, his hands. I just love it. It's yes. so good. So you can make it for a couple of bucks. Like you yes. just did it with found objects if you're that way inclined. Well, if you have an old Fisher Price kids cassette don't. recorder, which I don't know how many listeners would have that, but yeah. it's very cute. You don't and very have clever. to use the Fisher Price. You could probably use, I bet <laughs> you you've got an old tape recorder, Val, that you used to probably record yourself and sing into when you were a little Val. <laughs> Did you? No. Never? I've thrown that you one had out. your own chat show when you were five with your with your teddy bears and your dolls. Come, come and sit on the couch with Val. Let's talk about our day. I, I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. No, I, I don't. I, I will just buy one. I will not be MacGyvering one myself. But I can't wait to have a look at your one. Anyway, until we chat again, what are you up to this week, Gina? Uh, So I've got a cover shoot tomorrow and then um, I've got a big uh, PR shoot uh, at the end of the week. So big week. What are you doing, Val? Um, It's a busy week because uh, I launched another podcast. Woo! Yeah, it's um... what's this one called? So you want to be a what? <laughs> <laughs> so you got so you want to be a writer? Yes, which is a writing podcast, a yes. podcast all... for writers. Yes, bloggers, writers. Yes, yeah. And obviously with you, yes. so yeah. you want to be a which is your favourite? Oh, Gina, what can you don't make me choose? Okay. It's no, just no, like... there's no choose. You, this is it, isn't it? Of course, like, of course. You could only do one podcast. Of which course. One would it be? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Thank you. So the other one, I couldn't go with So You Want to Be Ah because uh, I've called it Murder and Mayhem. And I didn't think it would go down well to call it So You Want to Be a Murderer. Jeez. It's not about. It's Shut not down. about. <laughs> it's not about being a murderer. It's called Murder and Mayhem and it's actually a pop-up podcast series that is just about crime and thriller writing. Pop-up? So, What's a pop-up podcast series? So it's not going to be ongoing for years and years, like So You Want to Be a Photographer and So You Want to Be a Writer. It's right. out because um, it's Crime and Thriller Month at the Australian yeah. Writers' Centre. So to celebrate Crime and Thriller Month, it's Crime and Thriller Writing, of course, uh, you know, which is like all those airport thrillers and all those detective yeah. novels and stuff like that. Uh, to celebrate that, we have uh, a pop-up podcast series where every day for 31 days straight I'm Woof. interviewing a um, crime and thriller author. Fantastic, Val. Yes. So it's already shooting up the charts on iTunes. Oh, is it out? Yes, it's it's just come out, so I'll be doing a lot more um, stuff associated with that because doing 31 podcasts oh in 31 God. days is no easy feat. 
No. <laughs> oh my God, I can barely get one out a week. <laughs> just like I'd just be rocking in the corner if I was you. Wow. Well, yes. well, respect, Val. That's impressive. <laughs> well, Good talk on to me you. Next week, I might be rocking in the corner by then. All right. So check it out. What's it called again? Murder and Mayhem. Murder and Mayhem. <laughs> check out uh, Val's new podcast and support it. But you know, come back here as well. Yeah, come back here yeah. because, of course, this is my favourite. So I, yeah, this is I, her I love favorite. you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, where do we find you online, Gina? So at Gina Militia, uh, GinaMilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And then social media at Gina Militia on Instagram and at Gina Militia on Twitter. And that's probably it, Val. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm at Valerie Koo, which is K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram. I'm the Valerie Koo on Snapchat. And you can find me easily on Facebook by searching for Valerie Koo. But, uh, yeah, until next week, thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.